Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Tuesday the 25th of April. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on talk. Coming up, special forces are racing against the clock to rescue more than 4,000 British passport holders trapped in Sudan after a 72-hour ceasefire was announced in the war-torn country. Meanwhile, the president of the CBI says the business lobby group feels a collective sense of shame and has fired a number of people amid a series of sexual misconduct allegations and claims that toxic people were working there. Eight million people across the UK will start getting a three £101 cost of living payment from today to help with soaring energy costs and food price inflation. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really much appreciate you joining us. Lots to talk about. A lot of it, of course, centred on what is going on in Sudan. That three-day ceasefire announced by the two warring generals' sides. A chance for, perhaps, we hope, uh, for foreign um, uh, um, people, um, the the, uh, civilians uh, from Western countries, to escape. Now, we're already seeing an awful lot of people uh, being evacuated by their governments. Uh, Still waiting, though, for most British uh, people, certainly British passport holders, to be able to get out of the country because uh, after the uh, country, the government uh, sent her military uh, uh, planes to take 30 British diplomats and their families uh, to fly out of the country in the early hours of Sunday morning. Really not been much help offered to those people. 4,000, I say, British passport holders. Many of those will be dual uh, nationality Sudanese. 400 British citizens, we understand, including 71 NHS doctors who'd been working there. Uh, Well, they're being told, basically, you may have to try and make your own way out of the country. Three-day journey uh, to the border. Two ships... uh, uh, in the Middle East are being ready to help with any evacuation. But have we been leaving, frankly, our British passport holders high and dry when other nations have got their people out? Well, we'll talk about all of that coming up. And joining me for the chat is Benedict Spence, who's a Conservative commentator. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in these things, evacuations. We've all watched what happened in Kabul a couple mm. of years ago, uh, getting people out. And of course, we had British forces on the ground in Kabul. Mm. It was an emergency situation. Only people there really were, people, you know, aid workers and 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 people who were uh, who, who who knew, frankly, what a what a desperate state that country was in when they went there. Mm. Um, and and, uh, and and that operation was certainly considered on the MOD side, the military side, to be a great success abject failure on the part of you know foreign office and home mm. office back here obviously in terms of uh, trying to get out afghan interpreters and the like you'd hope that lessons have been learned what are the lessons surely being learned that can all the senior people not be on holiday at the same time basic yeah. stuff well Good that's, start. yeah in sudan <laughs> we know that the british ambassador was on holiday and the fighting started couldn't get back in his deputy also out of the country quite extraordinary and their security chief as well mm. i mean heads have got a role at the foreign office over that but is there an issue where we're being told it's very difficult to get people out, and yet we're watching other countries airlifting people out, getting people mm. out on ships, convoys out of the country. Why are we so slow at getting our own people out? I think, I mean, different countries have better presences in countries like Sudan. I mean, this isn't the days of the empire where actually mm. we run both Kabul and Khartoum. Um, but, you know, it, it is easier. I love that if... you said that in a sort of wonderful day sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer not to speak. It's big game in big trouble. It, it's... um. If the French have a military base in Djibouti, the US have presence across the Sahel. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia got its people out very quickly because yeah. it's just across the Red Sea and it has very active presence in Khartoum. But actually, you know, as Britain has sort of stepped back from the world stage slowly over time, this has become more and more often the case. It's just very fortunate that frequently we have fewer people in countries like this. We're not actually... Uh, the sort of country that can go and you know menace another nation with gunboats off their coast yeah. and say, well, if you don't put a stop to this, we'll send an expeditionary force. Yeah. And you know, once upon a time, that is what worked, and it was very acquisitive on our part. It worked out very well, it must be said. But nowadays, ultimately, you know, the, the average warlord or indeed the entire armed forces of Sudan is going to turn around to that and go, well, all right, wh yeah, wh what is that to us? Yeah. Um, and, and on the subject of airlifting the diplomats out specifically in a country like Sudan, you're always going to get sort of, you know, insurgent tendencies, Islamist tendencies. Mm. They're always going to be the first target. So for countries like They're France, like Italy, like the UK, ultimately, actually, you have to get those people out well, because they will be Well, you say you want to get the families first. out and, and non-essential workers. Yeah. I would have thought you'd want to leave some... Like some... the ambassador who should already be who in should... the country, yeah. but no, if he's I mean, not... Yeah, no, then... the ambassador's allowed to go on holiday. I mean, yeah. Hey, if there's one. If there's a hill, I'll die on, Benedict. It's people trying to go on holiday, as you know. Uh, but but where was the deputy? You, deputy, yeah. you I mean, I've worked as a political editor of a newspaper. Mm. We weren't on holiday at the same the time. The point of a deputy That's is to deputise. Exactly. When you're not so there. what's going? We don't know what's going on yeah. there. But again, my guess is abject, as always, failure by the Foreign Office. I'm sorry. I'm not hanging this on Foreign, on Foreign Secretary James Cleverly. He's not in charge of holiday leave plans no. for the civil service. But um, there is this issue. We've got you know four thousand British passport holders. Again, many will be dual nationalities, uh, far more, it would appear, than, 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 than many other countries have got. Um, and one, I'm assuming you know, there, there are, you know, long, long standing reasons for that. Uh, but 71 NHS doctors, by all accounts, out there. Yeah, uh, help, which help, is a bit surprising that there's that many, given that we're supposed to be under massive staff pressures yes, and shortages. Yes, can't quite work out that way uh, what's going on. Um, no, but the crucial thing is... Um, We've got um, the RAF transport aircraft carrying British troops arrived last night in Port Sudan. That's mm. in the southeast of the country, less war-torn than parts of other parts of the country. We've got this ceasefire. Previous ceasefires haven't held. Now, this ceasefire mm. will be negotiated.
associated with lots of, uh, you know, country music. Saudi Arabia has a huge influence and others to, to try and make sure, get people out. Um, these two warring generals, mm. um, how much, the question is, how much in control of their forces are they? Yeah. Big question marks about that. And, and British people basically being told by um, Foreign Office Minister Andrew Mitchell yesterday, look, you know, you may have to make your way to the border, you know, at your own risk, because they've been told to this point, stay in place, remain in place, just basically hide under your bed, keep mm. keep out of the way um, and, and, and wait to be told what to do. And then, as we were discussing on the show yesterday, people say, well, you know, the Foreign Office hasn't, hasn't contacted us. They're not telling us what to do. Mm. They haven't got a, a database of who's here. They, we finally got that number up yesterday in the email up, which showed, you know, address, register that you are in Sudan and, mm. we, and that you're a British passport holder. Um, and, and But other they're watching as other foreign nationals are being taken out and evacuated. Why are we? I accept there'll be some countries that have a unique ability. They've mm. got they've got special forces there or something. But but you know it does appear that the sort of thing you think we'd be really good at, we're not going. We've not been doing. Well, yeah, because ultimately that's not a priority for us. And yeah. and, and some people will say, well, that's quite right. We can't be sort of chasing around the world for people who get themselves into mishaps to rescue everybody in every situation. Yeah, you know, because that would be incredibly cost effective. And as you see in the case of Iran. Other countries will use that to their yeah. advantage. Um, but, you know, that, that's just the way to look at it, I'm afraid, is that we don't prioritise this sort of thing. The attitude is, if you're there, you know what the situation is is going to be like. And, I mean, you know, it's possible well, that no, people no, have gone people, there because no, this, of no, this, 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 uh, I mean, look, it, it, I don't think you'd be going, oh, let's go to Sudan. It's the most stable country in the world. But this, this, mm. this, basically, this battle has been going on about only 11 days. I mean, it's escalated furiously. Yeah, it's not been a country... It, I've got to be honest, it's, it, is, time, it, it is not a secret, especially the sort of person who's going to go or spend time or mm. live in Sudan. It should not be a secret to you that this has been brewing. And yeah. Sudan has not been a very stable country for much of its you know, post-independent history. So you, are you questioning I mean, the duty of we have? Because this is the thing. We're talking about British passport holders. Mm. We understood these are pretty much entirely dual citizenship. Yeah. 40,000 people and 400 British citizens. Now, someone who, you know, people in the media, you know, they, they've travelled to go to a family funeral mm. and then they've got trapped in the, in the country. Now, mm. obviously, we need to help. Do we have a duty of care to dual nationals? They are also equally Sudanese nationals. They happen to have a British passport. They may have been born in this country. They're entitled to, you know, they, they're entitled to come and live here, mm. but they've chosen to live in another country. Do we, do we, the, well, does the British government, British taxpayer, our forces have a duty of care to get people out who may actually be Sudanese nationals? I think if, we're, if we are running an extraction operation and these people request assistance, we then, should. Yeah, yeah, ultimately we okay. should. I mean, unless they're actively being sort of, you know, they're actively in the middle of a, of a firefight or something like yeah. that and we can't send people in, then, yeah, actually, I, I think it's a bit churlish to turn around to those people who, you know, we don't know the circumstances under which they have become dual nationals. As you say, yeah. they could have been born in the UK or they could have been born in Sudan or yeah. some other thing. I don't think it's our position in that situation to pick and choose. You can come, you can't. Your passport isn't as valid as your dual passport. Yeah, I mean, so, I, mean I guess especially with everyone in the civil service working from home and now mm. asking for a four-day week without any cut in pay, um, I think it's unlikely they'd be able to actually verify all these people. Um, we, uh, there's lots more I want to talk about, including mm. stuff going on at home, but I just want to mention also a speech that uh, James Cleverley, the Foreign Secretary, is giving uh, tonight at Mansion House. It's the front page of one of the papers today. Xi, Xi Jinping, of course, prepares biggest military build-up in history. Uh, he's uh, urging China to come clean. A biggest military build-up in peacetime during a major speech. He'll warn of the threat of a new Cold War with Beijing. Um, it is good, at least, something you and I have spoken about for years mm. on this show, that there is a wake-up in the West 
about the uh, uh, the threat of China. Um, um, let's hope they, they understand that threat and take it as seriously as they should have done when it came to Russia putting 120,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. Mm. But don't worry, of course, he's just th making a threat. He's not actually going to invade. When Xi Jinping tells us he's going to take Taiwan back yeah. by force or, or, or whatever is necessary and he builds up his military to the extent he is, maybe we should assume that we will be seeing a war and start mm. planning and building up our forces accordingly. Well, it, it's why it makes me slightly chortle that James Cleverly is saying that China should come clean. China has been very clear what well, its right. intentions are. It has been I mean, far more clear than Russia They, they could ways. have had a neon sign around saying, hey, by the yeah, way, Yeah, the massive build-up of troops war. along the coastline and, you know, the constant bullying of other countries that have any sort of diplomatic relations with Taiwan might have had something to do with it over all this time. And the fact that they do say, ostensibly, out loud, Taiwan is part of China and will become part of China again. Um, yeah, it's it. It's nice, I suppose, that we're talking about this, taking it seriously. But I don't know what James Cleverly is supposed to, you know, is trying to get at by saying China should come clean. Yeah. No, the British should actually be a lot more clear about what we would be doing in the event of China invading Taiwan, and which again, is not a member of NATO. But yeah. the US is almost certainly going to be involved yeah. in its defence. Uh, but I mean, again, this is actually the same thing as we were with Ukraine. People say, oh, I don't know why it's our problem. Well, it becomes our problem pretty darn quickly. Mm. Uh, but but again, it signals to to these sort of uh, nations about what you are willing to do. Um, but but also, if we had been quite as clear uh, about the sort of sanctions and the sort of reaction the West would have given to the battle and the, and the, and the aid we'd given to Ukraine, we could possibly have, have managed to deter uh, Putin from that invasion mm. of Ukraine. Well, we should try, at least try the same when it comes to Taiwan. Uh, 6.44 is the time. We'll look at all the front pages. We're going to be talking about Diana, but and what on earth is going on at the Confederation of British Industry. That's up next. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.